G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Kays. How you going mate? Very, very well Hef. Just well. uh, kicking back on a hot Adelaide uh, summer's day, watching some live lawn bowls. Uh, very exciting stuff on the TV. Almost as exciting as AFLX, really. Uh, no. Are you a Illawarra <laughs> Gorillas or an NZ Blackjacks man? Uh, I'm staunch Blackjacks. Always have been, always will be. Yeah. Uh, look, I watched uh, zero minutes of AFLX on Friday night because... I was just as enthralled at Rod Laver Arena watching Maroon 5. Oh, so. wow, wee. What an exciting weekend, mate. Spoiled for choice. I actually think I won that night. Yeah, I think you did, actually. Yeah. Coop, I Cooper's session now at uh, Rod Laver Arena, if oh, you haven't, you know. Can't go wrong. Great no, SA, yeah. SA beer in the uh, Victorian market. It's, exactly. Uh, yeah, nice to see. All right, did you take anything out of Felix? Could you Anything to report home, anything fantasy-wise? Did you watch any of it? Did you watch replays? Zero. Okay, well, I watched the uh, I watched the replay on uh, Friday. Sorry, Saturday morning because I went out Friday night and uh, got around the Fringe Festival in Adelaide. A uh, little plug there for the uh, this great state. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I didn't watch any of it live, but I watched it the next day. The only thing I really took, about it, took out of it was um, just Paddy Cripps playing forward. What a monster. Like, if he was to play full forward... He could actually strive in that position. It would kill his fantasy uh, fantasy scoring, but I don't think Carlton will ever do it because they've got no midfielders anyway. But, geez, what a what a weapon if they could actually afford to play him up there. Wouldn't it be nice if they had a Kerno for Cripps swap so my boy Charlie <laughs> Kerno could just dominate in the midfield like the mini cooter he is and then Cripps just goes up forward and kicks bobbies. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I think no, they're uh, sticking to their positions. But, yeah, I can't really find anything that's going to help us fantasy-wise. So I think we'll move on to something that uh, I went and had a look at on uh, Saturday and that was the uh, Port versus uh, Crows under 20. Threes. So, a few standouts from this match. Uh, the I think almost clear best on ground. If not, if he's not the best on ground, he was close. Was uh, a bloke by the name of Willem Drew. Uh, I don't mm. know if many people had uh, had heard of him, but Kay, you're telling me that you uh, you were pretty keen on him in our draft when he's coming up. I Tell was, us what you know. Yeah, well, let's just looking at our SNFL stats that we put up um, from last season, and then just very handy some- resource for our patrons. And because um, I think this is his third year in the season now, and if you look back on his under eighteen stats from a few years ago in a couple of years back prospectus, he actually really dominated his underage stuff. So, yep. I was kind of had him penciled in for like a potentially a rookie spot in our league, but yep. you've blown the hatchet on that. And yeah, sorry, you performed too well. Well, yeah, you're probably going to have to take him with your <laughs> first pick, which is good. So, uh. um, but no, <laughs> but no, he was a gun scorer in under-18s and obviously he showed some of that on, on uh, Saturday. So yeah, so good. he kicked four goals from the midfield, looked very, uh, very impressive. And there's a big gaping hole in uh, Port's midfield too. Tell me about his, what's he look like? Because... I wouldn't know if I fell over him. He's big and he's red. Big and red. Yep. Like so, a big Kyle Hardigan? Uh, he's a midfielder, so he's probably not that big, but he's big. Okay. <laughs> so, if anyone sees a big red dude out there, that could be Willem Drew. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, moving on, I guess. The uh, three that, from the Crows that really impressed me, and I don't know how fantasy they're relevant they're going to be, but Tyson Stengel, uh, Shane McAdam, and Lachlan Murphy, those three boys up forward were running an absolute muck. Mm-hmm. Now, probably fan- small forwards are the probably worst uh, fantasy position, but someone like Stengel, who was uh, uh, right on the, on the fringe, I think, at Richmond, yep. could be uh, handy, maybe not in keeper leagues, but in a salary cap format, but we're not here to talk about that. Yep. But, um, yeah, they're people that I can see uh, slotting into the Crows uh, lineup. So if you're just looking for some forward options that could get you some 60s or 70s every now and then, they might be uh, someone, to, someone to watch out for. Brad Crouch, how did he go? Everyone was talking him up. Yeah, well, he really beat up on the kids. Um, yeah, he was. He played very, very well. But again, against not much uh, opposition, I guess a lot of lot of kids running around. Not many other players in the midfield to go up against. So uh, he was good. Um, an interesting one was, uh, I guess, Matthew Broadbent. Uh, so I'm not saying that he's a he's a fantasy. Uh, uh, fantasy get or anything like that but the interesting thing about him was he basically took every uh, kick in for port uh, any, every time he was on the ground so this kind of told me that uh, which was different from the intra club that port actually went with a designated kicker so it might not be broadband but it does actually look like it's a, a tactic that port might uh, might employ so my question here is that broadband was taking the kick-ins yep. and you go well it's not he it was an under 23 game what's the relevance but yep. Bonner was playing and Burton was playing, am I right? Yeah, see, Burton was spending a lot of time in the midfield and I think he didn't play a lot of time on ground as well. He had uh, right. some large uh, stints on the bench. But yeah, they were the other two that were playing and Bonner was basically unsighted for the game, so he barely didn't get a touch really. Mm. So um, yeah, a lot of people were going to be disappointed about that one, I think. But who knows, uh, You know, it could be a different ball game come the JLT and the AFL. But uh, yeah, all right. I think it's time to move on to our final uh, league spotlight of the uh, of the preseason. So we're already pushing uh, for time with these. So these are kind of just a preseason thing we're going to do. But uh, here's the uh, last one for the year. And I think we've almost almost saved the best to last. I'm not sure if that's been a bit unfair in some of the others, but the uh, the punishments in this one. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for this. Juicy. All right, I'm joined uh, by Tom from Adelaide, who's here to tell us about his key league. How are you, mate? 
Yeah, good, buddy. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. All right, tell us a bit about your league. Uh, yeah, so um, we're all ten, there's ten of us. Um, we're all mates from high school, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, we started this league uh, maybe six years ago, and it wasn't a keeper league originally. Okay. Uh, we just did super mode, and then um, we decided to go full full spastic on, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> And, um, yeah, went, went Keeper League and, uh, yeah, haven't looked back since. So when you started your Keeper League, you obviously redrafted that year and then decided to keep? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was, um, there was a few people shifting around, didn't want to do a Keeper League, weren't really committed that much. So uh, we turfed them, we got a few other blokes in that we knew. Yeah. Yeah, mate, it always seems to be the uh, hardcore fantasy players that are involved in Keeper Leagues. But, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, we'll move Yeah, that's on. it. All right, so how's yeah. your uh, how's your league structured? Uh, squad size, keeper numbers, list changes, peer, all that sort of stuff. Uh, how do you go about it? Yeah, mate. So um, there's there's ten teams. Um, we've all got thirty one players, thirty players uh, in your team, and then we've got one that's either a rookie or a uh, long term injury. Yep. And we keep them as they are restricted free agent. Um, at the end of the year, we drop uh, eight players, and um, yeah, redraft every year. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty simple. We, we've changed the uh, scoring around a bit because we use ultimate footy. Okay. Trying to make it so that forwards and um, defenders are more equal. So how do you adjust that? Um, so we give a point for rebound 50s, a point for spoils, and um, we've given an extra point for tackles. Yep. And uh, we've, I think we bumped it up to 10 points for goals. So the, the tall forwards get a bit of a... Bit of a run at it. Yeah, I like that. It would make your uh, research for each year uh, pretty interesting as well. We have to think about things a bit differently. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It doesn't actually, um, a lot of the time it doesn't actually show up on the predicted scores. So you sort of just got to wing it a little bit before the before the draft. But yeah, I like the suspense right. behind that. It's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, do you have a uh, Premiership Cup? Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got um, a cup. From the start, it's been called the um, the Bosco Kukovic Cup. Yeah, um, it's sort of named after uh, one of my old roommates. She she worked with this old lady and kept complaining about her. So <laughs> um, yeah, so to to sort of rub it in her face because she already hated the league. Um, we we named it after her enemy, pretty much. So, yeah, still hasn't forgiven us to this day. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be a common theme with the uh, the keeper leagues. It's just uh, just as much about annoying your mates as it is about uh, playing fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right, do, uh, does your league have any other uh, funny stories or quirks before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, mate. So I, I was going to go through this. Uh, um, the highlight of our year, we um, we actually don't really want or I mean, everyone wants to win. But the uh, the goal is to not come last in our league. <laughs> okay. We <yeah. laughs> um, the punishments for coming last have been absolutely brutal the last few years. Go on, uh, like give us some examples. Yeah. Uh, so you just gone. Um, shout out to Tory by the way. He's uh, he's on Nick Gill. Okay. Um, which is the trophy for coming last. Yep. Um, he uh, he did a sexy calendar shoot, um, <laughs> and. Uh, there's nothing sexy about it. Uh, if you want one, I can send it to you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I can't, I was gonna I can't say. actually send it to you, mate. It's uh, very private. Yeah, but we've, we've had uh, a few others. One bloke got his belly button pierced. Oh, wow. And uh, another bloke another bloke's actually got his uh, uh, Nick Jim's face tattooed on his ass. Holy shit. <laughs> you guys are taking so, it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. We, we're not the best of mates, but... <laughs> But, you know, we look after each other when it counts, I guess. And I'm sure it makes for a good story at the end of the day. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that, that bloke with the tattoo just had a kid. So, father of the year, we'll go on to him. Yep, yep, <laughs> uh, good on him. <laughs> All yeah. right, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, cheers for that. That was uh, quite an entertaining conversation. Uh, good luck this year with your keeper league. Yeah, no Hopefully worries, flag up. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much, mate. No worries, mate. Cool, take it easy. Wow. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. I would not be getting a tattoo or my belly button pierced, so I think if it was me, I'd probably have to do the nude photo shoot. What have you got against Nick Gill, mate? 
Nothing against Nick Gill. <laughs> I'm just scared of getting tattoos. I've got this nice clean cut image, whereas, you know, you're, you've got tattoos. You've got nothing to hide. Would you get Nick Gill on your ass? Uh, probably not. I don't think the missus would uh, appreciate looking at Nick Gill on my ass. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks to all the uh, thanks to all the people that came on this uh, year yeah. and uh, yeah did the um, did the league spotlight. It made for some uh, entertaining entertaining content. I had a few tweets today saying uh, don't uh, give their league members any more ideas about punishments because they won the spoon uh, last year. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, they'll be back next preseason. It's just that uh, we, we're not gonna have enough time to fit them in for the rest of the season. So uh, they've been yeah. really good. So yeah, appreciate all our uh, listeners feeding them in. It's been yeah really fun. Yeah, it has. Thanks. All right, let's move on to the uh, team analysis. So uh, this week uh, we're looking at Sydney, West Coast and Western Bulldogs. All right, uh, first up tonight we're looking at the Sydney Swans. So uh, Kaz and I have picked uh, three players each to uh, have a look at and, uh, yeah, we'll um, see if we can find some fantasy gems for you. Kaz, who's up first for you? First up for me is my boy Ryan Clark. So we just lodged our keepers for next season and I've kept Ryan Clark to some conjecture. But I'm actually backing him in for a big year. So I think the move to Sydney is going to be really good for him. I don't know if... uh, North Melbourne's that great a fantasy uh, place to find your best numbers. And I think he can actually slot into it easily a halfback flank or even some of that Dan Hanbury midfield time. And I think that he only averaged 70 last year but at the Roos, but he had three tons and he's actually had uh, eight games over 80, which is uh, pretty good going and considering that, you know, he probably didn't have the best year. So what I like about Clark is the ability that it can actually go really big um, and really rack up a few hundreds, which is fantastic, Yep. especially as a defender because, you know, they can really be those uh, scores that win your big games. So, look, I'm a bit worried about Mills and potentially Florent getting some of that midfield time that has kind of been spoken about in the in the media, but I'm probably a bit more keen on him getting Nick Newman's, you know, semi-permanent halfback flank yeah, there. So it. Yeah, so I think there's a bit of a, a crossover for Clark there. Uh, was a pretty good junior scorer and, you know, as I said, he's he scored pretty well. What I want him to work on is he's only averaged two tackles a game. So I think if he can push that up as that, you know, midfielder, get, get a bit more midfield time, potentially that can rise up. And I can't see that, you know... Um, 70 average lasting too long. I can see him pushing up towards that that mid-80s, even a 90 if he uh, kind of finds his niche at the Swans. Oh, well, I hope he takes your advice on board, Katie, listen to you and uh, yeah, starts tackling a bit more. And what's his Twitter <laughs> handle? I'm going to tweet him. Get on him, start abusing yeah. him. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of jury still out a bit with him for me. I think, I don't think 80 is unreasonable though uh, for him, but I reckon it'll be anywhere between 70 and 80. I don't think it'll be too much uh, higher. It all depends on that midfield uh, time. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Monitor in the JLT. Big time. All right, I'm going to talk about Jordan Dawson. Now, Case, this guy, yeah, exactly. This guy absolutely dominates the kneeful. No one ever dominates the kneeful. We've never said that before on this podcast. Can I drop the mic for a second? (laughs) <laughs> All right. He averages uh, he averaged 113 in the kneeful uh, last year, mm-hmm. and he's averaged about uh, well, this was uh, I think Supercoach uh, numbers, but it was 130 Supercoach points in the kneeful. Um, oh no, sorry, this is Dream Team. 130 in the kneeful the year before. Sorry, and in Supercoach he's actually averaged over 130. Uh, for the last three seasons, wow. which is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. But he, um, in the, over the past two seasons, he's averaged 109. So he doesn't go under 100 in the NFL. Um And yeah, his super coach numbers are just huge as well. So he's actually a good user of the ball when he can play football. Yeah. Um, not just, you know, a stat getter. So he ranked, he, he's ranking fourth out of, uh, this is an interesting stat, he ranked mm-hmm. fourth out of all the players to play NFL in the past uh, three years. So the fourth best scorer. And this includes people like Barlow or blokes who just drop back for one week because they drop from the ones and just get 160 kind of wow. thing. Yep. So he's actually the fourth best scorer in the NFL over this time, um, and there's some pretty big numbers in there. So you know, it's uh, it's a bit I hard. Think to even you had a ton in the NFL, <laughs> yeah, from all those NFL games that <laughs> I played. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess what we're saying, you know, got to take you got to take the NFL in the uh, with a grain of salt, but uh, it's the consistency it, that you're liking. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And if he can make his way into that side, he could be. Uh, Pretty decent. Another thing I like about him is, um, yeah, he averaged nine tackles per game in the NFL as well. I think you're chasing around fat blokes who've had too many beers and not before in the NFL. <laughs> but uh, still, he's catching them and he's uh, dumping them to the ground. He played AFL uh, a bit last season, but he uh, he probably wasn't best 22 and uh, his numbers didn't translate to uh, to AFL uh, level, I guess. But uh, Sydney do have a bit of an ageing midfield and Hanabry's gone. And uh, if you can find a spot in, in there, um, I reckon he can probably be one in the future. He just needs to start getting some games into him. What do you think? Yeah, look, I obviously don't know much about him at all apart from the uh, NFL stats that we've looked through. So, yep. 
But you've got to give these guys some credit, you know, whether it's Sneafel, SANFL, VFL, if they're scoring numbers like this. Yeah, they've consistently got to be, too. They've got to be on your radar, especially in a deep keeper league. You yeah. Know, it might not be early on in the draft, but, you know, it's when you get to those those one, those one real speculative picks at the end of the draft, you know, you might be better off throwing a pick at Jordan Dawson's way than, you know, someone else. That, and people know. people say, I guess you can't take the state league scores with, a, with like, you know, take them as gospel. But what have you got else? Like, what else you got to go by? Oh, like, yeah. you've got to look at those and actually – have a crack in them. Well, it's like you uh, really hate, you know, your key forwards who yeah. kind of play each week. And oh, even God, if, yeah. God, do I hate my key forwards. <laughs> but like, you know, and, and it will come to the point in a lot of drafts where it'll be, you know, you know, Jordan Dawson's there and Tom Boyd's there and you go, well, people will probably pick Boyd because they know who he's he is play. and yeah. you know he's play. But, you know, sometimes, yes, that can help you. But at the same time, it's worth, you know, sometimes it's worth throwing a, a spot with one of these, um, with these proven um, lower league scorers. Yeah, exactly. All right, who's next? Uh, Georgie Hewitt. So, uh, one I'm actually got my eye on for 2019. I think he's quite handy, although he did regress last year. He was um, down from 66 when he was uh, averaging 76 the year prior. He's a tagger, which um, yeah. obviously is not good news for fantasy scoring, but I do feel that you know, a lot of clubs will give uh, the tagging roles to players that they see can be playing midfield time in the future. Yeah. And I think that, you know, potentially we've talked a lot of people about already about Hannah Bree leaving. Is he one that kind of potentially uh, relinquishes that tagging role and gets a bit more time to uh, be a bit of an attacking mid? So, yeah. his issue last year was that he had six scores below 50 um, and just the one ton. So, with those tagging roles can, you know, severely um, damage your average because you do have those games where you really, you know, bottom out with your four etc so yeah they can really affect your average and probably i want a bit more than one ton out of him if i was going to be um super super bullish on him but i think that with his role especially if you can see it in the in the jlt um i think he's definitely one to watch the thing that concerns me is i just can't think of anyone else who does those tagging roles for sydney when uh someone has to do them but you know if you're saying oh jordan dawson's a chance you know is it a, a series of you know uh, Hewitt goes into the attacking midfield and then Dawson comes in, takes Hewitt's role and well, learns his craft. I don't, I don't know. know. You Dawson know. doesn't strike me as the greatest tagger, that's all. Well, he's got nine tackles per game <laughs> on this true, sheet. True. So, you know, I don't know. It's just I, I, I'm very keen to watch him in the JLT if I was um, starting a, or, you know, if he was in my in, in our um, in our draft. I think, you know, he's one that could potentially bob up. Uh, I think he's still got forward status too. So, okay. uh, yep. DPP, I will check that. But I think, um, yeah, I, I just like the look of him. He's uh, he's solid. He's been in their best 22 for, for a couple of years now and I don't think that's going to change in any time. All right. Uh, on to uh, my next one. That's uh, Callum Mills. Now, Kays, surely this is the year. It's got to be. Are there any <laughs> like, um, what is it, low-hanging fences running around that he's going to slip over this year? Uh, I hope not. Uh, That's how he hurt himself last year, wasn't it? Yeah, right. I must have missed that one. I don't know. Was that the other guy? I don't know. Someone someone hurt themselves on a fence. So, a uh, message for everyone out there, just look out for fences. Yeah, they're dangerous. <laughs> in, his, uh, in his three seasons, uh, Mills has gone uh, 73, 69, and 74. Uh, everyone's mo- waiting for that move in the midfield. And uh, I think midfield would actually suit his game a little bit better. Uh, he's a good user of the ball, but he's not a great defender uh, going by the stats last year. Loses a lot of one-on-one contests uh, in defence. So, I think Sydney will want to move him into the guts at some stage. Um, and I think this could be the year it finally happens what do you think yeah look he's very very talented there's no doubt about that um and you're probably right while he's been handy enough on the halfback flank it potentially is not his um yeah. best position yeah um so yes I'm, I'm keen on him this year if he's definitely going to be fit i think that's going to be the main issue with him you know getting through um you know he did miss that uh, big chunk of games last year just looking at he played the nine so yep um Look, if he's fit and firing, he's definitely going to be one that Sydney elevating to the next level of, of midfield time, I think. Is Mills available in our draft? No. Okay. I won't be looking at him then. No. All right. Who's your next one? Uh, my next player is Will Haywood. So, he's heading into his third season. Um, and while he's been, you know, just a small averaging forward, he's basically played 39 home and away games in two years, which is pretty good going. He's hardly missed a game as a, as a kid. He had nine games of 70 plus, which I quite like as a second year player. And his average went from 51 to 62. So, obviously, not massive uh, scores at the moment. But I think he can be that guy that pushes into that mid-70s kind of forward, potentially into the 80s if it all goes well. He's got the tricks. I'm pretty sure he's a coach's pet. I've read that a few times that Horse loves uh, Will Haywood. And that's, I'm that's just, a good thing. I'm just very interested to see his role this year. Now, I'm not expecting him to be that midfield gun, 
but potentially a really good um, genuine half-forward flanker wing type, whether it's the Orazio Fantasia, uh, Toby Green style game. I think he's got that that game about him. He's a tall player, can up, get up and down. He's a, he's a running machine and kind of that link person too, I think they can yep. use, Matt. So, I'm quite big on him as a as a low uh, draft pick this year, kind of coming in. Yep. And potentially, I think he can, you know, put another 10 points on that 62 from last year and become that pretty handy you know, bench option or, or uh, F5 if you need him. Yeah, being that outside type, I don't ex- uh, expect big things from him either. But I reckon if you can work on that consistency and get those mid-70s, uh, it could be super handy for someone to have like a bench cover or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just like the fact that if you, you know, you're not uh, setting the world on fire, but you're still getting nine games of 70 plus, which I think is pretty good for a second year yeah, player yeah, regardless yeah. who they are. So uh, just a one to watch as well, uh, especially JLT. Yep. All right. And uh, the last player for Sydney I'm going to talk about is uh, Tom Papley. So he reached uh, 62 last season and he teased us the year before that was 78. He looked real solid and mm-hmm. we thought last, I think it went round one in our draft last year. Everyone was thinking he's going to be uh, the break next breakout yeah. candidate. Uh, but yeah, his decline last year was probably playing less midfield than the time before. Um, but that said, uh, interest, another interesting little stat I've uh, scooped out of the prospectus is uh he, the Swans had a high clearance success rate with him attending the centre bounces. Hmm. So hopefully that means that uh, Sydney want to get him in the midfield a bit more this season. Um, but that said, I only consider him if he is moving back in that midfield. So JLT, watch for that one. Yeah, he's a tough one to pen for me. Oh, he's that he's that size that, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be a genuine like gun midfielder. I don't know. I just, he just always seems a bit small and that a bit more outside half forward flank wing to me. But look, I could be 100% wrong there. Um, yeah, I want to watch him this JLT if I yeah. was going to be really hot on him. I'm happy to kind of leave him as that. I think 62 is too low for his kind of quality, but I think he's that mid-70 player yeah. you know, going forward. I'm I'm struggling to see it much more than that personally. Yeah, monitor that one for the JLT and uh, we'll see how he goes. All right, let's move on to the West Coast Eagles. <laughs> What is this song? Oh, I have no idea. What is that uh, abomination of a theme song? I think that's the uh, the remastered version of uh, last season. And I, oh, I didn't think they could make them worse, but geez, I they've, don't know what that intro was. They've made that worse. <laughs> they've screwed that one right up. But anyway, uh, shout out to the West Coast fans out there. So Congratulations <laughs> on your win last yeah. year. I don't think any, anything we say could probably dampen their spirit. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Kays, uh, let's talk about a few of their players. So who's first up for you? First up for me is Braden Ainsworth. So... I've got quite a solid watch on this young kid. He's uh, into his second year, played three games last year uh, for an average of 64 and had two scores of 78 and 73, both against the Giants, which is pretty good going. But what actually caught my attention was when we did our waffle stats, he averaged 99, which is fantastic numbers for a first-year player. Yeah. Um, And looking into that, 25 touches a game and tackles and all that stuff we love, I just have a lot of time for him. Look, his issue is obviously he's going to struggle to crack into the the West Coast Premiership side. Um, you know, I don't see them making too many changes at the moment, but I really like him as a stash for 2020. So if you can get him in that mid or, or late potentially, but he could go a bit earlier because if people are, are looking at our resources and that kind of thing or reading the prospectus, you'll see that he's a bit of a player. So um, I'm quite keen on him for he can, he can slide down to a mid range for me. Yeah, well, I think recently, uh, earlier this year, I saw uh, an article or a video on the West Coast uh, Twitter page saying, uh, just talking him up and saying, mm. uh, you know, and uh, Adam Simpson just uh, talking big raps on him as well, and uh, they've definitely got their eye on him. And, you know, you say they won the flag last year and he's not going to get that midfield, but, you know, you've got to move forward. You know, you can't just keep going back to the well where you've got to do something different. So, mm. you know, with those with those numbers and being such a, uh, well, being a first-year player, God, you'd be silly not to get some AFL experience into him if he was uh, good to go. So, Especially showing those numbers in the twos there. Yeah, definitely. They Warrant selection. No, I'd be uh, I'd be picking him up probably around mid mid range, I reckon, because I think towards the end of the season, you know, a few injuries or you know, and how many teams actually do end up going back to back? Most of them taper off and uh, yep. don't do as well the next season. So you know, they might actually start experimenting with some different players. So I'd be happy to pick him up. Hmm. Hef, who's your first player? All right, I'm going to talk about uh, Hamish Brayshaw. So, this guy uh, comes from uh, some good pedigree, um, and surely if both of his other brothers are good, so is this guy. Um, he was talked up last year because he was picked up as a mature age player. He only started uh, playing mid-season, though, so he had a knee injury, I think. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a delayed start there, and that's probably why he couldn't crack the uh, the ones. Um, again, we mentioned West Coast midfield is very good, but who knows? Um, he could he might get a spot. Who knows? Um 
If we look at Angus Brayshaw, though, it took a couple of years um, at yeah. AFL. Yep, he did. Um, yeah, before he can, uh, before he kind of put it all together. So uh, he's quite younger than uh, he's quite he's two years younger than Angus, which I thought he was the oldest brother. Um, so I don't know where I've messed that one up from. Um, but yeah, he was quite good at waffle level last season, averaging eighty four, and had one game where he got forty one possessions. And you know, in a league like the waffle, it's no, uh, you know, it's nothing it's like no Neefel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you, you know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so yeah, like uh, it's a decent league. So to get forty one possessions in a game shows you must be on top of things down there and uh, you know you might be pushing for selection probably not best 22 but you know a couple injuries who knows I reckon late pick up for this guy what do you think yeah late up late pick up for me uh, at this stage I'd probably be more keen on Ainsworth than Brayshaw but you know as you said it's crazy with um, what you know pedigree can do or what brothers can do you know look yeah um, so yeah he's got to be on the radar just in terms of that because he can score yep definitely who's up next Liam Duggan. So, this guy might leave a bit of a dirty taste in some people's mouths from last year because he was pig- pegged for big things, but really under-delivered, only averaged 67. Um, so, he was supposed to have a lot of more midfield time last year, which obviously didn't come. But what did happen is he basically cemented him his, his spot in their yeah, back six um, and was really quite a handy player, especially in their finals campaign. What... <laughs> It's probably one of those players where you have to bit of a, have a bit of a rejig of, of what you expect from him. And I think if you yep. can expect a, a half-decent or a pretty decent backman, I think you'll get that if you're expecting that breakout midfield. I'm just not sure just yet, but it could come. Yeah. What I did like last year is that he had uh, finished off the season really well and actually had 76, 87, and 75 in their three finals. And they're quite good numbers for finals because finals numbers do tend to drop off uh, fantasy-wise. So I think that he, he got a lot of ball there and I think that's really good. Yeah. People were expecting him that breakout last year and, you know, we were a bit unsure what's happening if, if there's going to be a spot open in the midfield, but he's definitely cemented that spot in the back line and I think he can easily be your D5 around that 75, potentially 80 mark. Um, and he's one that excites me on the fact that he could actually, you know, get that midfield time and then take it to the next level. So, I think he's actually got some upside if you um, kind of you know, change where, you, where you're thinking and, and what you value him at, but I think he's going to be a great mid-draft pickup. Yeah, some of the defensive roles he does get uh, makes me worry a little bit. Um, but like you said, um, you know, you've got to adjust your expectations. But at the same time, I don't really like to go for picks, like, you know, picking a guy thinking he's just going to get me 70. Because generally, if you if you can take a, you know, if you're going to take that pick around that same mark, there's mm. someone with potential to score more, I think. True. But I think that he's going to get that and then he's actually got a chance to get into the midfield. Well, I hope for uh, Liam Duggan owners out there that comes true. But uh, I don't know. I don't see it happening just this, just this minute. But, you know, I've said uh, sillier things and uh, sillier things have come true. So. I feel a bet coming on. <laughs> There's always a bloody bet coming on. All right. The uh, last player or second last player I'm going to talk about is, uh, is Mark Hutchings. So I'm about to issue a steer clear warning. Do you have a sound grab for this? Like a <laughs> yeah, probably siren? Could, probably, probably could find something. Insert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait for this. This is going to be something in the next pod. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> all right. Some sort of warm, warning alarm. Okay, good. Uh, all right. Probably one of the most frustrating uh, fantasy prospects out there. Constantly gets the tagging roles and is quite effective at tagging. The annoying thing is when he does get let off the leash, he can actually score. Mm. Um, so just to kind of describe how good he is at tagging, he basically didn't let Steel Sidebottom touch the ball in over an hour in the grand final. Wow. Yeah. So um, it was, I think it was 50 minutes and I think it was maybe one or two touches. So it's a very little number for you know, a gun like Steel Sidebottom. Um, so yeah, he hurts the good scorers too, which makes him even more of a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, so yeah, someone in your league generally gets sucked into picking him up. Yep. So don't be that guy, okay? You, they, see those, they see those few big scores, a few 80s, few hundreds when he gets them and they go, oh, you know, he's he might be right this year. He's not going to be right. He's going to be a tagger. So, don't pick him up. Let some other schmuck in your league grab him and uh, try to go some for some with a bit more potential. And also, don't get sucked to him if you play in the waiver wire and, you know, he's one of those guys that gets a good score or two in the row. Yep. You bring him in, you know, as yep. you're as you, you know, your last player on your team and then he spuds it up and gets a 40. Yep. You know, these are there's some players like this, your Scott Selwoods, all these kind of blokes yep. who just do not draft for a reason. It's because yep. they suck you in and then they break your heart. Yep, exactly. All right, let's move on. Speaking of players who suck you in and break your heart, it's Chris Maston. Now, um, he has been a bit of a hit and miss player for a couple of years, found himself out for his of- his whole career, hasn't he? Basically. But, you know, there was times where he was kind of handy, but probably never one of those a keeper. He was a, he was a solid redrafter because he'd get to those 80-ish scores. Yeah. He has dropped off the last couple of years, but 
uh, with a 78 average. But what is amazing for Maston this year is that UF have given him back status. Okay. So, he goes into ultimate footy as a I'm DPP. Listening. Yeah. So, yes, as a 78, 78 average midfielder, yep. hell no. No. But as a 78 average backman, I'm liking the sound of that, especially yeah. because he has the ability to go big. Last year, he had three tons, including a 138. So... Potentially a bit risky because he's always on that, just on the outer of the midfield or on the team, really. Like yep. he's on the outer of the the West Coast side. But geez, as a as a back centre DPP, I quite like the sound of Chris Maston. Well, speaking of one thirty scores in the uh, in the grand final in Adelaide last year, I had a fella called Mick Barlow play the grand final. I think he played another game for me for the season and pumped out about a one thirty. So if uh, Chris Maston's doing that in round twenty three, you're not going to be complaining, especially as a defender. So just another opportunity to uh, mention the flag there, case as well. But, uh, yeah, so I agree with you. As a midfielder, absolutely not. But if you need a defender and you're pushing for a flag, so you mm-hmm. don't really care about the future prospect of this guy, yep. grab him, I reckon. Uh, he's going to be super handy as a defender. Big time. And there's a few players around that kind of mark this year. Dale Thomas is one who could be quite handy as that older defender. There's a few uh, uh older defenders who are yeah. floating around and can be very valuable additions to your side, especially if you're uh, chasing that flag. Yeah, if you're playing, if you're not playing the dynasty leagues, obviously, but you're playing like a, yeah, you know, a keeper league with, you know, mid-level 16, 17, 18 kind of keepers, mm-hmm. these kind of guys can be super handy if you're willing to, uh, if you want to surge up the ladder. Oh, yeah. All right, the last player for West Coast for me is uh, Jamie Cripps. So, uh, average 81 last season, um, and he, but he might not have been picked up uh, last season in the draft. So, if he might be still in your waiver pool if you don't play, uh, if you don't play waivers and he still might be in your draft. Draft pool. So, uh, yeah, he averaged between uh, 71 and 81 for the last four years. So, he's super consistent. So, you know, if he doesn't get his 80 back this year, he's definitely not going to be lower than 70. So, super handy as a forward. Uh, also, a member of the Hoofers Premiership side, Kays. Another guy who turned up in the grand final. Skip. Come on. Next. <laughs> uh, capable of punching out tons, which is what I like about this guy. And he started to pinch hit in the midfield last year, and then he worked up the ground to get kicks as well. So, he'd obviously just be roaming around, uh, you know, taking grabs uh, high half forward on the wing and things like that. And then he'd work his way back up and get on the end of a goal or something like that so mm-hmm. he's quite uh, quite handy but I think he'll always be a forward because he's uh, you know he's got great forward pressure and he's uh, a lot of scoreboard impact for the West Coast Eagles as well so you know if he does kind of pinch hit in that midfield and keep playing those forward roles um, I can see him maintaining his 80 output what do you think? Yeah I can see him around that mark I think he's got one of those uh, ceilings around that 80 yeah, so I don't I, you know I would never get sucked into him being a 90 or 100 but you know he's one of those players that is handy as you said can bust out a ton every now and then and yep. he's pretty consistent and and in their best 22. So there's always space for blokes like that in your side. All right, that wraps up the West Coast players and we're going to move on to the uh, Sons of the West, uh, the Western Bulldogs. Hef, Q breaking news soundbite. Okay. You don't have one. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going with my first player. This oh. is a quote from the man himself. This whole preseason, I've spent 100% of my time in the midfield, learning off blokes like Wall, Bont, Dunks, and Liber. Who are you talking about, guys? Bailey Williams. Okay. Lock and load, everyone. This boy is going to go big. He scored 80 in 14 games last year, had eight of his 14, uh, averaging 80-plus, and had a 114 against the Dogs. Look, he got injured last year, but got back for one game, and from all reports, is fitter than ever, burning up the track, and obviously playing midfield time, as he says. Yeah, for me, like, for me last year, I don't really like. I remember I just started to notice him as he started burning up, and then he got injured, and I've just completely forgotten about him. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be a real handy pickup this uh, this season. So, I think he'd be kept in uh, most leagues. But if you've got a chance to grab him, if he somehow slid, you know, yeah. in, uh, in your draft last year, yeah, oh, I could not be more hot on this bloke. Yeah, and I'm not too concerned whether he plays midfield or not. I think even if he, yeah, this is a little bit of a ruse, and he ends up on the halfback flank, he's going to be bloody handy off the halfback flank, and yeah. has that spell in the guts if he's uh, fit and firing. Bailey Williams could be one of the absolute locks of your defenders. Uh, the defenders this season, I reckon he's a, he's a he's a jet. Yep, if he's available, grab him. If he uh, if he's not available, bad luck and good luck to the guys. Got him. Yes, thank All you. All right, how oh, do you have him, do you? Yeah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense. All right, the uh, the player I'm going to be talking about first up for the Western Bulldogs is Tom Liberatore. So, Kays, the big question is, can he bounce back? Mm. Uh, he averaged 98 five years ago. That was five years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but uh, numbers are well 
well and truly on the decline. If you look at the uh, the graph, uh, yeah, it's not a pretty sight. Uh, injuries um, obviously have a lot to do with that though. But after two ACLs, can we trust him to get back to his best? He is the clearance king when he's fit. Uh, so I think... Being fit is the operative word there, but mm. uh, I think with him we need to start lowering our expectations. I don't think he's going to get back to that 98, you know, around the 100 mark. Yeah. But uh, I reckon he can average around uh, the mid-80s. And, you know, one of my strategies is to kind of get the worst player in each position around that 80 mark. So if your last midfielder is uh, averaging 80, um, it's not the worst thing in the world. So if you can get that, I reckon he might be a handy pickup in your last midfield spot. I'm a bit concerned about Liber. I, I reckon the Bulldogs are going past him. Like, yep. I don't see them needing him. Yeah, okay. You know, if you're talking look at Bailey Williams there, you've got Wallace, Bont, Dunkley, Lib- uh, not Libba, Williams, McRae, yeah. McLean. You know, there's six guys there that I would play ahead of Libertoro every day. I think with Libertoro. he's though, a one-trick pony, though. Yeah, okay. You know, like, I would much rather put Josh Dunkley in the guts. Yeah. And, you know, he can be a bull at times, too. You don't need Tom Libertoro. So, I'm really worried about his job security this year. Yeah, just with the names you mentioned, I, I think they kind of do need someone who's a bit more better with a contested uh, contested footy. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's probably his saving grace there. I think yeah, when he's fit, he's in the when he's fit and firing, he's definitely in the Bulldogs' uh, best twenty-two. I don't think they're going to be leaving him out this season. Uh, but yeah, whether he can get back to his best, I think is the real question, and I just don't see it happening. Two ACLs is bloody hard to come oh, back bloody from. Oath. You know, yeah, yeah, that's I, what I mean. Um, fit and firing being the two operatives there. Yeah, and look, I hope he is because he's he's a good player, and yeah. I think he could do some good things at other teams. I just think. That look, I'm being Kane Corns esque and saying he's not good enough to play at the Dogs, but I think, um, <laughs> like I think he's a he's a good player, and I'm just a bit worried about where he fits in. That's all my concern is. All right, guys, uh, come on, let's hear it. Who are you talking about next? Guess what? <laughs> Another of my players, but look, I've spoken a bit about him already. It's Tim English. Um, we also featured him on our 2019 breakout candidate article on our brand new website, www.keeperleaguepod.com.au for those out there. Yeah, it's gone great guns. We've got a few new articles up there. Obviously, all our links to podcasts and Patreon content, etc. But enough about that. Look, um, you would have heard me banging about this before, but the Bulldogs have no Ruckman left and yep. I reckon he is ready to go. Uh, the AFL article, AFL.com article said the same thing, basically ready and firing to go. Um, look, look, he played um, seven games in the AFL last year for an 86 and 90 and 107. Uh, had 16, 17 and 19 possessions in those games with plenty of marks. In the VFL, he played nine games and averaged 106 fantasy points and had games of 129, 131, 147, and 153. All right. There's some big scores in the VFL. Uh, some bloody big scores. Did we actually uh, mention who we're talking about at the top of this case? Tim English. Oh, I think are. we did. Oh, good. But good. it is Tim English. It. So, <laughs> Tim English is the one we're going to talk about. Look, he is – I just reckon he's ready to go. I could not be more excited about this bloke. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk about him anymore. I'll just keep – Blabbering on. Oh, just a, yeah. I guess a side note is I really like the um, the AFL traders uh, nickname for this guy. Uh, speaking of speaking of English, speaking so, of English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've heard that one, I but it's, uh, no, it's a it's a good one. So that Shops makes me stuff. laugh. That makes me laugh every time. So every time I see the name uh, Tim English, I just think speaking of. But uh, yeah, I think speaking of is going to be uh, be quite decent this season. So um, yeah, I don't think we have to take, say too much more because I reckon he's been mentioned maybe on like every podcast or at least every second podcast for the yeah. for the last six weeks. So I reckon we can move on for good reason. Half who. Hayden Crozier. So, uh, yeah, Hayden Crozier. Uh, he was handy last season, averaging 73. Averaged 19 disposals per game last year, but uh, he was super consistent early on. He was in and out of the side, um, but played every game from round 13 onwards. Now, here's a good stat. Between rounds 13 and 23, he averaged 90. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, if he can maintain that next season, he should be handy. Um a lot of players tend to go well in their first season at a new club and then regress. Um, so I guess the change of uh, change of scenery for him worked. Um, but I think he um, should be worth a pickup. Uh, yeah, but don't be uh, disappointed if he does go backwards. So I don't know where that puts him. Probably that mid high range. I think um, like you know not early on, but uh, you know in our league with sixteen keepers, if he was to go fourth, fifth round, I don't think it'd be the worst pickup. But again, I wouldn't be disappointed if he did go backwards. He has been kept in our league for has reference, he? yes. Okay. And I'm actually quite, I'm actually quite keen on him. I think he's a, he's good. He was good at the Dockers, uh, just didn't get his opportunity. I think last year, as you said, he really worked well into that season. A 90 average in your back half of the year is is really good going. Um, my only concern is, yeah, 
um, where the the bulldogs kind of side fits every now and then. But yeah. I just I actually like him. I think he's got class. I think he's a good ball user, and I think that he is one that um, should be a mainstay of the dog's side. And I reckon he's he's going to be one of the defenders to have this season. Okay, be cool. Mm. I'll uh, well I won't look into him because he's not going to be in the keeper pool. But uh, yeah, again, good luck to the guy who owns him. Someone who will be in the keeper pool is <laughs> definitely will be in the keeper pool. Josh Shackey. Now I know this guy won't be on your list at all for drafting, so I can probably take him easily from you. But absolutely not. And this one is a lot based on gut feel. Now he's a key forward, obviously heading into his fourth season. Uh, he played the thirteen games last year and had an average of fifty-eight, which was up from forty-six. So. I just think that second year at the Dogs, and I think they're actually going to improve a bit. They've had their couple of years of recession. They've kind of got a really good uh, midfield group together now. Some of their bit players are really coming together. I think that uh, even the new rules could help Shaki. Like, he's quite a big bloke. He gets up and down the ground. Potentially just having um, him stay at home a bit more will help. What I liked is he actually did, I mean, there was only one game last year he didn't kick a goal. So he likes to hit the scoreboard, which is very important for your key forwards. He's obviously a number two draft pick for a reason. They don't get picked up for that early for no reason. He's got endurance. He's a hard worker. And I've just got this inkling he could actually be quite handy this year. Look, I'm not expecting 90s, 100s. I reckon he could push up your, your mid-70s, 80s. I just, there's just, I've just got something about him. It's a gut feel. I'll stop listening after you uh, name the bloke and I'm going to respond with one word, no, and move on. Uh, Caleb Daniel is my next uh, player. Uh, He averaged 78 last season. Uh, Seems normal for Daniel, but uh, it's interesting when you look a little bit closer. So he spent a lot of time down back uh, last season and racked up some big numbers when doing so. He averaged 91 from his uh, last five games. So can he be a sneaky chance of DPP? Is he a forward centre or is he a a forward centre? So so we can't get it. That's good. On, man. Uh, that's all right, but um, you know, if he does play, uh, if he does play in defence, we can uh, we can probably expect similar type numbers. I think, um, you know, he's a he's a classy user of the ball and he moves mm-hmm. well. So I think the only problem is, I guess, the intercepting part of his game might not be there, being the height he is. Yep. Um, but I think he's worth throwing a mid range pick at if you can get him and hope that he plays defence. Yeah, he's a handy player. He's that he's that um, you know he's got that ceiling too. I think. Yeah. While he did average those ninety one his last five, it, it does show that he can rack him up. But I'm just not sure he's ever going to take it to that next level. People doubt him because he's such a little fella, but he's actually a good footballer. Oh, he's an yeah. awesome footballer to yeah. watch. Yeah, his skills are amazing. Yeah. Potentially with uh, Williams coming back uh, fully fit, you know, into that, potentially takes his half-back flank if he slots in there. But, yeah, look, I've got no issues with anyone taking Caleb Dunning. I think he's, you know, he's a very consistent uh, footballer. Yep. It's just whether you're expecting, you know, him to go from that 78 to a 88. I just, I'm a bit hesitant on that. But, um, for, you know, for your um, F5, I think he's a, he's a solid pick. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, before we move on, I'm just going to talk about uh, one last player, and that's uh, Taylor Duraya. So um, I'm just hoping a change of scenery uh, helps him this season. So he's never been anything to write home about. Uh, averaged 61, 65, and 68 in the past three seasons. 2015, he did average 78 in uh, at Hawthorne, mm-hmm. um, and I think that year and in, t- in the 2016 draft, a lot of people were pretty keen. I think he went first round of our draft. People were pretty excited about him. Yeah. Um, Gets thrown around a lot, but he scores well in defence. So when he does play there, he can actually score well. So I'm not expecting much, but I'm hoping, you know, a new club can play solely in defence and then the scene change, kind of like what happened with Hayden Crozier last last mm. season, might go okay. Again, not expecting big things, but you never know with the scene change, a new role or a consistent role might help him out. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, – do you have anything to add to Taylor Durow? Uh I'd like to see him before I get too excited. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. uh, I owned him back in – 2015 and got the rewards and I traded him this next season so I really made the most of him but yep. I'm probably just a bit too hesitant from from what he's done in the past yeah, and yeah, I just want to see what he, uh, how he rocks up at JLT and see where he fits into their outfit. All right, cool. So uh, with the team analysis, we haven't really mentioned any of the uh, the draftees and the reason for that is we've done the draftee episodes on our Patreon page along with a whole heap of other uh, premium resources and uh, yeah, we've got our rankings uh, mini episodes coming out and our top 100 uh, rankings uh, list coming out at the moment. So uh, Rucks were released on Monday and we're doing Fords this week and then uh, we'll have all the rankings out for you guys to help you with your draft. Uh, but each week we thank our... Uh, patrons so uh, I'm going to read them out this week guys and we had a lot this week so uh, bear with us while we uh, get through these so the first guy uh, this week we're reading out is uh, Michael Robinson and Joel Pavy, Jamie Mott uh, Ashley Simons David Johns Liam Blunt 
Jordan Newman, Mad Hops, uh, Glenn McAuliffe, uh, your boy G. And uh, looking by that this guy's email, um, I think he's another guy who jumped off and then jumped back on. So, you know, it's flattering to know that they can't live without us. So good boy, G. Good. <laughs> I won't name the name, but uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for coming back, mate. Uh, Chris Rowbottom, uh, Spontaneous Trade. Great name. Uh, yeah, it is. Mortimizer. Trent Brand, No Action Jackson, Nick King, uh, oh, here we go, Luke Matarockia, and uh, Joshua Munting. So, I guess if you want uh, access to all of our uh, premium resources, um, you can join for as little uh, as a dollar a month. Um, but yeah, head to patreon.com slash pod if you want to get in on this action. Or more importantly, www.com. KeeperLeaguePod.com.au. All the stuff uh, is kind of reposted there to, uh, again, behind the Patreon section. But if you want to head to the website and not have to log into another uh, platform, you can do that too. Okay, let's move on to our listener tweets. All right, Kays, what's the first question of the night? First question is from at DanK101. What are your thoughts on Norton and Richards from the Bulldogs? Do you think they will be decent scorers in the future? And could they good and could they be good long-term stashes in a deep keeper league? Cheers. Really enjoy the podcast. All right. Norton's a key defender, so you know my rules. Uh, Richards, though, I like better. I'm unsure about his uh, ball-winning uh, ability, though. Um, but, yeah, he's, so he's probably not on my radar this year, but I think he does have potential to uh, be a half-decent scorer in the future. What do you think, Goes? Uh, I'm not expecting much from either player this year as that's their second year, but in the future, I'm actually quite keen on him. Um, Richards has had a lot of sub-60 games uh, this last season, and Norton was similar in the games he played. And I just think that the Dogs have a strong enough squad that we're not they're not, we're not going to see these guys get too much more responsibility this season as such. So, yeah. um, I'm actually th- quite keen on Richards, obviously, more so than Norton too, but uh, more stash than um, worried about them this year. You rate the Dogs squad, do you? No, I just don't see them their responsibility getting any oh, bigger. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, they were playing bits and pieces last year. I, I don't see them all of a sudden becoming, you know, yeah. um, key parts of their their lineup. I think Richard's probably shown enough at the end of last season. Probably Norton too, actually. Like, I just can't think. In terms of their key defender stocks, it's not great. And uh, Oh, I can see them yeah. playing games, but oh, I can't okay. see them taking their game to the next level to, yeah. to, war- to warrant lots of selection this year. But if you're talking about keepers and stashes, then, yeah, for okay. next year. Yep. All right, uh, Ashley215, how do you rate Nick Blakey uh, as a long-term prospect against other key position draftees from this crop? Look, uh, for a long-term prospect, yes. And saying that, would I touch him in a draft league this year? Not at all. Um, look, all key forwards need, you know, that three-plus years. So, you know, as I was talking about Shaki before, he's only coming into my calculations now as a fourth year. So, um, Blakely, um, look, Blakey. unless – Blakey, sorry. Unless you're in a dynasty league, uh, I'd be avoiding unless it's um, – you know, unless you're potentially looking at salary cap stuff because he's probably going to play, which is handy, but that's not our game. So yeah, he's a no from me too. So all right, uh, okay. Sorry, what's next? Ashley. We're not very <laughs> nice. Uh, at James plays FS thoughts on Florent Cunningham and Dawson for the Swans. Look, I think that Florent could be a genuine star. Uh, I reckon he could push an 80 this year. He's heading into his third year, so I've got plenty of time for Ollie Florent. Cunningham for me is always that hole filler player. Um, never really going to be a keeper, never going to be that good, but he's a very handy bench option for your 70 kind of um, score. And, yeah, you talked about Dawson earlier, Hef, so anything to add? Uh, just Florent. Uh, I like the way he's trending, uh, the kind of numbers going upwards. Always like to see those uh, those trends when you graph them out on your uh, on your breakout tracker and uh, things like that. So, um, yeah, I reckon Florent can be a good get for the uh, future. And obviously, I talked about Dawson. Um, Cunningham, yeah, I don't know about Cunningham. He's probably the one I'd probably avoid out of those three. He's a bit older and he's just a, yeah. he's just a part player, especially in your team. So. Yeah. Next question is from at rbry19. Thoughts on Bailey Smith from the Dogs? Yeah, um, I'm pretty hot on uh, Bailey Smith. Uh, we put out an article uh, last week on uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au uh, on our top five draftees and he came in at number two. So he actually outscored Walsh in the TAC Cup last season. I think uh, less games and uh, got injured at some stage. But uh, yeah, 
when he was playing, he was actually scoring better fantasy numbers than Walsh was, and mm. everyone's kind of raving about Walsh yeah. this, uh, this year in draft season. Yep. Um, there's some concerns about the body. I think he's going to miss the start of next season. He was out with an Achilles last season, and then yeah, I think uh, yeah, he's going to um, be a bit. He's been a bit delayed at this season. He might be back for round one, but I'm not sure. But he's going to be a good keeper prospect, I think. So I would be grabbing him in our in our draft if he was available. I don't think he's going to get to me, but I'd take him first round to be honest if he was there. Really? Yeah, in that a, early. Yeah, well, if Walsh is going round one and. Uh, uh, yeah, well, apparently Walsh is going to be taking a pick one in our draft and he's probably the second best player behind him, proving he's got some uh, scoring pedigree. I don't know, I'd probably take him, but I don't think he'll get to me somehow. Jeez, that's early. <laughs> oh, no, it depends Just on your needs, I get though. some good players later on. Now, well, but- if you're rebuilding like I am or, you know, you're just trying to get rid of some of your old dudes, it's uh, yeah, probably one to uh, jump onto. Jeez, risky, but, you know, that's oh, your own call. Yep. At Miller time, Ronky, keep or the list, he's got 24 to 27 keepers. They don't really know, but yeah. somewhere around that <laughs> I saw this uh, thread. Who knows how many they've actually got? <laughs> Apparently, it's over 24, though. Um, he's probably the list uh, for me, mm-hmm. right on the edge. Um, so, yeah, uh, only decent score he had was when he kicked seven goals. And I think that was against Hawthorne. Um, he's not doing that every week. No. So, if you keep him with your absolute last keeper, I don't think it'd be the worst decision you can make, but I'm just hoping you've got better prospects. Yeah, for me too. He's um, probably done the pecking order on that small forward, you know, my small forward most wanted list. I think he needs to show a bit more before I get too excited about Rock and Ronky. All right. Uh, so this is from at Brisbane Bears. Uh, I have Stoddard and Ling in a keeper league. Are they more than list cloggers case? Brisbane Bears, what are you doing, mate? So <laughs> Ling has never averaged more than 14 disposals in either under 18s oh, or the NEFL. What's he doing on your list? D list ASAP. <laughs> Stoddart, he averaged 12.5 disposals in the knee fall last year. Not fantasy friendly. Please to list. <laughs> well, you've been told Brisbane Bears. So, uh, Look, I, yeah. love a, I love a long-term keeper prospect too, yeah. but I just can't, you know, those disposal numbers need to be better. All right. And the uh, last question of the night, case for you is uh, from at Trav014. Caleb Daniel, since going into defence, uh, he's scored well. What can he get to this year? We touched on it a bit earlier. He did average those 90 in the last five games. And look, I think if he can be, touching on what we talked about before, I think if he can be guaranteed a spot in the defense, he could be a real, real good scorer. As we touched on, the the only issue is he's never going to get the back status this year. But look, I think he's a gun. Um, He's going to be handy enough um, fantasy scoring wise, but you know I, I can't see him pushing that ninety. I think he's a he's I think he's an eighty player for me. Yeah, I reckon he's high. I think he's going to be high seventies, you know, low eighties, but with some big scores in there and then some lower ones as well. Yeah. So yeah, again, the, the kind of player if you're looking for a flag, you monitor week to week and flex him in and out of your side yep. when you think he's got a good matchup, and uh, yeah, kind of bench him when you don't think he's going to score well. All right, that uh, wraps up the show for this week. So that's the last of our team analyses. And then uh, next week we've got JLT. So that's pretty damn exciting, guys. Very exciting, yeah. It's good that the footy's back Thursday night. Yeah. And then it's uh, our draft, our um, Keeper League draft on Friday night. And, uh, yeah, for uh, Patreon subscribers, uh, we're actually going to be recording um, our drive, uh, draft. Sorry, uh, I don't know how this is going to go. There's going to be a few uh, beers consumed, and I don't know how much sense it's going to make, but we're going to at least record the first round and then a few uh, interviews with the coaches and maybe a few, uh, I guess, reviews of each other's draft uh, picks. So it should be quite fun for the listeners out there. It could be an absolute rabble or it could be some quality podcast material. So, yeah, if you're interested in hearing that shit, uh, sign up to our <laughs> Patreon page. <laughs> Uh, but I guess we'll plug the, the website again. So, yeah, that launched last week and uh, we're trying to get as many uh, hits to that as possible. So, uh, www.keeperleaguepod.com.au for that one. Um, and also hit us up on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook and Twitter. And if you've got the time, uh, could you please, please, please leave us a uh, five-star review? Four-star. Uh, Four-star. We don't mind. <laughs> I probably prefer five-stars seeing that every other podcast just rates five stars. So, uh, yeah, if you could uh, find the time just to give us a review or just give us whatever you think. Um, But yeah, that'd be uh, much appreciated as well. All right, uh, we'll see you guys back next week after we've actually watched some football and we're going to be in a really good mood, I think. Bring on the footy! (laughs) I'll see you guys.